Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Harsh that time. All righty, Alice. Day two, Connecticut. Avon, Connecticut. Possibly we're mm-hmm. doing some trivia tonight. Possibly. It's going to be a rush. Um, but um, I want to start with something a little bit different. This uh, kerfuffle, this flare-up online that has happened um, with Matt Walsh. Now, I'm not sure I even get it. But this is him. So it starts with a video. Yes, I get that much. It starts with a video of this young woman talking like this. Guys, I went on a date this week and I felt the feminism leaving my body. I live on the east side of LA. And if you don't know what that means, it's sort of like the artsier part of LA. You know, it's it's people say it's like Brooklyn and New York. Like, So I go on dates with a lot of men and women who, you know, live over here. With a lot of men and women. About who pays. And that's great. I like to pay for people, all that. But what I will say is that I sort of fell into going on a date with the most guys guy I've ever been on a date with. And he's from West West, you know, Santa Monica. He's a bro, right? A guys guy is usually not my type. Like, I cannot remember the last time that I went on a date with, like, a straight bros bro. You know what I'm saying? But it befell me. It befell me in an organic fashion. So I'm on this date with this guy. And the thing about a guys guy is he's... Um, so you get the idea of this. I don't know if why the video stopped, but I'm not at Tom's computer, so I can't tell you. But anyway, the gist of it is, is the guy pays for everything and then he gets card down. Mm-hmm. He's paying for everything. There we go. I think it's just the internet in this hotel and I room. really just, it sort of activated something feral in me. I'm not going to lie. We're losing the video went a little bit. Went to like bit. another okay. bar and he went, he was going to go to the bathroom so i was getting prepared to pay for our drinks because he's been paying all night of course i'm gonna pay for the next round but as he's going to leave for the bathroom he turns to me and he hands me his credit card and he goes here's my card get us whatever (laughs) 
It might be time for me to get away from all these, you know, liberal snowflakes on the east side. Uh, so you get the idea. Is that uh, kind of get the idea? So she's cool because she's a feminist. So she's so she's hanging out with all the artsy, yeah. gender bending feminists and going right. on dates with men and women and doing her thing. Right. And so this bro from California, he's being alpha about it, paying for all her drinks, hands mm-hmm. her the credit card. And it turns out she likes that. <clears throat> oh, really? Is that what you got from that? That she likes it? Yeah. That's the oh, takeaway. Sh- is that she's all like, oh, wow, this is actually amazing. And like so masculine and cool of him. Oh, then he's yeah. like paying for everything. And that's why she's saying she felt the feminism leave her body because. And she jokes at the end, I need to get away from all these liberal snowflakes on the east side because she's saying like, oh, wow, this is actually really awesome that he's paying for everything for me. That's actually really cool. Oh, so very interesting. So he says she's impressed. Matt Walsh tweets, she's impressed with that the guy paid, which is fine. Women are naturally attracted to providers. But if she likes this aspect of traditional masculinity, she has to accept the rest of it and be willing to play her part and be traditionally feminine. That's where things usually break down. Oh, shoot, down. I didn't start. I didn't, was somehow not recording. Okay, never mind. Go ahead. Keep going. That's okay. I'm recording the audio. Okay, well, we won't have video for the beginning, but that's okay. Okay. Um, so we just played this um, girl. For those of you just joining, are you recording? No, now? I'll put it. I'll put something on with the audio at the beginning. Are you so recording I, that? Yes, okay. but you don't have to explain anything because no. I'll have the audio. Oh, okay. Okay. So... Um, so, so I completely, people are, are, um, offended by what he said, uh, but I completely, including Megyn Kelly, by the way, because he's saying like, oh, women want this traditional guy thing where they pay for stuff, but then they want to go like be boss babes and not be a traditional wife and mother and be at home and all this stuff. And Megyn Kelly essentially said, like, you'd be surprised. There are plenty of men out there who are willing to pay for stuff on a date and be traditionally masculine, but also, like, don't mind if you go out and work and still like you and are attracted to you yeah, but, and are into but, that. But Matt, Matt Walsh wasn't saying you have to be a, a um, handmaid's tale. He's just saying that in pay, pay her part and be traditionally feminine. That doesn't mean feminine domestic housewife, does it? Stop it. Stop it. Um, well, I don't know about that because he's fighting with Megyn Kelly about it. Well, okay. So, he, because I think we're just dating here. We're not domestic yet, right? Well, he's saying that women have to play their role because they argued about it. And he said, essentially, so Megyn Kelly said... Um, Actually, no, she doesn't. She can find a man who pays and also gets completely hot for a working wife who doesn't cook or behave like any sort of traditional wife. And Matt Walsh said, why should the man play the traditionally masculine role of paying for the meals if the woman is not going to play the traditionally feminine role in return? Yeah, but he doesn't define what traditionally feminine role is. Yeah, but that's replying to Megyn Kelly saying that about not cooking and cleaning and instead working. Oh, Okay. Yeah, but he also started saying in willing to play her part and be traditionally feminine in the other tweet. So I'm not sure because these are two different things. I I think for my takeaway from from his, at least initially, maybe she deepened it to make it Mm -hmm. more like going forward. 
my th- my takeaway from him is that she, she if he's going to play that role, be traditionally masculine, uh, you know, big, uh, you know, the big holding doors, throwing cards down, taking care of all her drinks, not whatever, really treating her like royalty, kind of, right? That she should act, um, traditionally feminine, like. Present so well. He's saying that women should then take on the traditional gender role of women. So, because he says it's not consistent, fair, or honest for a woman to embrace the, that one single aspect of gender roles while rejecting the rest in principle. He says that women want the benefits both of feminism, like working mm-hmm. in school and all this stuff, and they want the traditional, the benefit, the things that were beneficial to them about the gender roles too, and they want both, and that's. You know, not fair. It's wanting to have your cake and eat it too. Yeah, well, I think essentially he's right, but I didn't understand this when I when I sent it to us. But so I'm glad you brought some light to it. I think he's <coughs> essentially right. If if he's going out there, if she's accepting it, then then he should accept this, and then he should mm-hmm. then he sh- that she, then she should. Then she should cater to it, and act like somebody who is, um, who is um, compatible to his, to his uh, the way he's. Yeah, acting. but I think the point is that he's saying that the only traditional gender role women want to accept is a guy paying for them. Well, sure, and that be- that you don't get to have that if you don't take the rest of it. Well, I don't know. I think there can be a, there can be a, 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 a an array of different ways you do mm-hmm. Well, but I mean, I do think it's an interesting question, and I think it's interesting coming from Megan Kelly as well, because clearly there is this thing in the conservative movement about being feminine and about gender roles and about you know n- the genders aren't all the same. But a lot of these conservative women work in big jobs, mm-hmm. you know, as activists or on TV or whatever, and you know, like Candace Owens gets this criticism too, right? Like, if you're so traditionally feminine, why do you have this big job? Why are you working your entire pregnancy, essentially? Well, I, you know, it's hard for me to speak to that because uh, I don't have a hang-up that, that women have. Well, but- no, but I mean, I think I think most women, like, have been psyoped into thinking that they want to work. Okay, so you're making it about work in, in so the traditional. I I think that he conflates traditional traditionally feminine to traditionally uh, traditional wife. Well, he clarified to traditional gender roles. So okay, okay. I mean, I think that's I think that's a little more specific than traditionally feminine. You know, it's not just like I wear makeup and look pretty, which I certainly don't think women should expect guys to pay for their dates if they won't even look pretty for them. <laughs> like, but um I don't know. I Stand up. Get out of the hall. I don't now. Now. I do I do think it's a dilemma for um I do think it's a dilemma for like women in these conservative movements because I think there's a conflict there with, you know, a bunch of them are a bunch of the women who are saying this stuff about traditional gender roles um, are, you know, are very successful 
high powered women who are doing a lot of stuff. I mean, take somebody even like Kellyanne Conway, right? Yeah. Right. So she's obviously, you know, pro traditional families and stuff, but is she, how's her family going? You know, it's a great point. I mean, actually, and her husband has been a total another bitch for the last seven years. Yeah. And she's the alpha clearly. Yeah. But I think you can be that. I think you can, her situation is not good, so I don't I don't talk about that. Um, but like, take for instance Taylor mm-hmm. Swift. Okay, she's still working, mm-hmm. and this is where I am in this. She's still working, obviously, and she, she writes about being a strong woman, feminine, blah blah blah, whatever. <laughs> but um, at the same time, she likes to be on the arm of a man. She likes to be romanced. Mm-hmm. She likes chivalry. She certainly writes about it. Well, right. I think the thing is where it breaks down is I think that, you know, I think a lot of women are alphas and a lot of women are really smart and successful and that women who are really smart and successful and alpha don't need weaker men. They need stronger, more alpha men. Uh, Is that your theory? That's my belief, right? Like, well, I guess it's up to the woman. Do they? I mean, I, I, that's my opinion of, what works out right i mean and even so if you take the taylor swift example right like she's been also with very like artisty musician Mm -hmm. types as well who tend to be more um emotional and in that zone and even you know and most of them have been i think probably not quite on the same fame level as her like mm-hmm. Joe Alwyn, the British actor that she was with for like six years. Yeah. Not as famous as her. Like she's clearly the star of the relationship. And I think part of what went on with them is he didn't want that level of like fame and scrutiny and stuff. And I think part of why the Travis Kelsey thing is so does seem to be working is because it, you know, he's famous and huge and successful and wealthy in his own right. Yeah. And seems to like being that way. Yeah. And, and I think that, you know, when you have people who are, it's, it, when you have women who are highly successful, I, I don't think that, um, you know, that they want to be subjected to some idiot. You know, I think women like to feel swept off their feet and like the chivalry and all that stuff. But I also think that women don't like to feel swept off their feet and taken care of and protected by somebody who's dumber and less competent than they are you know what i mean like being traditional going into a traditional gender role with a man who is fundamentally less than you is that is demeaning but it but the gender the gender role in itself isn't demeaning but it's demeaning to submit your life to somebody that's not as good as you Right, it, women do it very often, and, and a lot of dullards uh, are with a lot of fabulous women. I mean, it it it, it happens. But it does the, happen because I think women want that that feeling. Because a dullard is not necessarily, but not I think there's, masculine. but I think there's more guys than ever who are dullards and betas. Especially for millennial women. You know what I mean? Like, I think that a lot of millennial women with dumb marketing degrees look around at what's on offer and say, like, sorry, this is 
not good enough. Like, yes, my marketing career sucks and is boring, but like, this isn't, you know, what's being offered to me here is not an improvement to my life. Yeah, no, there's definitely, definitely true. Or I also think that, and I also think one of the reasons is, is that, like, I have friends, a very close friend, Jacqueline Cashman, she's an alpha. All her friends are alphas. They've all gone to, Mm -hmm. a lot of them have gone to Harvard Business School. They all know each other. And they all are super alphas. Right. And so they don't really have anybody in the group who's not. And it's not because they're elitists. They are elite. There's no doubt mm-hmm. about it. But it's because people who aren't trying as hard as them can't relate to them. Right. People who haven't honed skills and put it all in line to whatever. But are any of them married to like beta losers? No. Yeah, that's no, you're what right. I'm saying. What like, I'm saying is they would never countenance that. Yeah. Like that's And the more alpha and successful you are, like the higher the bar is for the guy. And this is one of the issues, by the way, with the fact that women now do better in school, go to college more, become lawyers more. A lot of these like high power careers are becoming dominated by women. And, you know, that's when you have that imbalance where women are now making more in a lot of fields or overrepresented in a lot of fields they find it difficult to find men who are more successful than they are and that is an issue like there's a lot of women who make a lot of money who don't want to date somebody who makes less than them even though they Mm -hmm. could obviously live on it but i don't think it's actually an issue of money i think it's an issue of you know feeling superior to somebody uh yeah i and i totally see that um, you know, one, it's funny because one of the exceptions is one of the exceptions. Our kids are screaming in the hallway. One of the exceptions is um, people who go into media. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people go into media. Uh, many of the men I know are married to women who have good marketing jobs because the men aren't making any money. Right. But but there's a prestige in the media. Mm-hmm. So that, you have to offer something, right? So prestige is something that she can live with. That he's got prestige, mm-hmm. you know, and it's worth it. At least she's showing. And it, a lot of people still think people in the media make a lot of money. Well, sure, so but, but, but what I'm saying is, I'm saying a misperception. Is, I'm saying is prestige is power in its own, right? You know, and it's because money is just power. Prestige mm-hmm. is also power, right? So and access and things like that. So I think our women um, will make allowances for it in mm-hmm. in cases like this, and. um and also because if you're doing that, if you're doing, if you're making it in the media, you're doing the, you're you're an elite in your field, right? You know, if you got there and you're doing it, uh, you know, for a living, you know, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I have no problem. I mean, I, uh, Matt Walsh was a funny guy. I mean, his his whole construct. I was just shocked the other day. He said, you know, we don't our kids don't play on screens. They don't play on screens. Then he later on said. Well, you know, we have been recently giving them the screens for a while, and it does. They are changing, and they are. But it's like he's a little rigid sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have I have no problem with his take. I mean, this girl. I think one of the things is is that especially college educated girls, and, it, and this means almost all of your friends who I met who no longer hang out with us thirteen years ago. They have an image of themselves as being a certain person, playing a role. It has it, she's two parts um, Sarah Jessica Parker from Sex and the City, and one part Liz Lemon, and aw shucks, oh I'm a hot mess kind of. A lot mm-hmm. of times women I think 
create a character for themselves that they want to inhabit. They want to be that character. Um, and it's mostly college-educated women in their early 20s. And uh, we had it, too. We had it, too. People wanted to be Phoebe a lot from Friends. Um, and like, I think that she has to change that character to that she's playing if she wants mm-hmm. to be mistaken care of by my guy. In other words, if she wants to be uh, um, Stone's wife. Right. On vacation seven or whatever that one was. Right. Or the alternative is that I think a lot of, well, I don't know about a lot. Actually, that would be something that would be good that we had audio for because their narrative Mm -hmm. was no wife of mine is ever going to work. And and she's like, oh, it would give me meaning and purpose. (laughs) And he's like, over my dead body. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So I think... I think one of the alternatives that some people do try and pursue because they do like that, but they don't want to like be traditional or settle down is you'll read these things about like seeking arrangement type websites where people do like the sugar daddy kind of thing, right? Where women go and get paid and taken care of on like vacate to be with rich guys like for a weekend oh or yes for yes, that yes. Kind of i thing. put that together that's right we knew somebody so, who so people do stuff like that and i think part of it is that like craving for that kind of feeling but i think if you do it on an as needed basis like that for money then it's sort of you know it's a band-aid fix on a on a kind of a permanent i would think i mean i haven't lived my entire life yet but i would think it's kind of a a permanent human need that you want to like right. feel taken care of and protected and all that stuff yeah well and i also see i also see it because like for instance the lady al pacino just married she's like 24 whatever she is i don't know he's 89 you know he's like four foot three he's like bent over now etc and so he's like like i said he's 89 he's 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 bent over he can hardly move he's he's old as hell and these are all the things that she's overlooking because he's also al pacino Right. And when he walks into the room, the room stops. And people like to equate that with like fame or money. Mm-hmm. Like that, oh, it's because he's famous and rich and this stuff. But I think it's also true that a lot of these people, particularly actors, um, are famous and rich by virtue of the fact that they have an enormous amount of character and charisma. And you know they have worked really really hard and they are extremely talented and interesting people and Some, yeah. and i think well yes and no i mean i think al pacino is probably pretty interesting i think so i think like the dick van dyke marriage where he's like 100 years old mm-hmm. too gets some scrutiny and i think i mean oh, like let me tell you dick van dyke Alice, is probably one of the most interesting people on the planet there's a non zero chance that you would hook up with dick van dyke I would. I really like Dick Van Dyke. Yeah, and and I, and I wouldn't blame him. He's Dick he's, Van Dyke. I know he's not because he's rich and famous. He's rich and famous because he's Dick Van Dyke, which is also the reason why he has a hot young wife. Well, she's not that young. She's like right. in her forties or something. But, but it's it's yeah. but it's you know it's accomplishments. Obviously, he yeah, and he his accomplishments and have got, are there because he is who he is and took chances and took chances and it's like there's something about a guy who takes chances to get to get somewhere and then mm-hmm. gets somewhere. You know, it's, it's yeah. No, I, I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. Should we move to Tucker Carlson? And, Let's uh, go to Tucker Carlson. I know we got to do get to uh, Supper Chew. Mm-hmm. 
Here's Tucker Carlson. This is what I had a caller talk about this today, as a matter of fact. Joe from Simpsons. It's my personal belief, based on a fair amount of evidence, that they're not. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Not aliens. They've always been here. Um, and, I, and I do think it's spiritual. That's, that's my view. So, and, and again, it's not provable, but based on, uh, on the evidence, I think. I'm with absolutely. you. Absolutely. But, 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 well, if the U.S. government has, in fact, had contact, direct contact with these beings, whatever they are, I've already told you what I think they are, and has entered into some sort of agreement with them, which is, which is the claim of, of informed people, um, I would say, whether they're right or wrong, I can't say conclusively. But, but, yeah. but, 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 but if that is true, I mean, it's a very, very, very heavy thing. Yeah. Are you, well, a, a lot of people say interdimensional beings. Right, I, I want to ask, are, you, are you angels and demons, or how would you well, describe these, these beings? You know, I, these are, again, I'm getting into we the realm of conjecture. Yeah, that's so fine, I, that's fine. So, and we had a caller, Joe from Simpsbury, talk about this on the radio today, and I actually agree with Tucker here. Like, I know when you say stuff like this, like, oh, the aliens are demons, which is, what Tucker is saying, even though he's sort of dancing right. around it, because he knows that saying the things that we're saying are aliens are demons. That's like kind of a loaded phrase in modern society, a loaded thing to say. Right. But um, I don't know if you're interested in this topic and you think there's merit to it. I highly recommend the book um, Orthodoxy and the Religion of the Future by Seraphim Rose, because it um, it delves into this relationship between um whatever whatever these experiences are and the experiences that ancient people have had with spiritual beings mm. for thousands of years and essentially i mean my view on it is like whatever you want to call it it's something that human beings have been in touch with and doing for an extremely long time it's a it, a very very long aspect of the human experience that human beings have found ways to be in contact with this with these other beings right like call it what you want and this isn't we're not talking about like something in material reality but something in a spiritual world and it's not like if you're an ancient person and you're just trying to survive by eating berries or whatever you're not gonna invest a lot of resources into something that's completely fake Right. So this is something real or that they at least believed was real, that they were in touch with and communing with through spiritual rituals. The earliest, the earliest, uh, you know, sites, archaeological sites we have indicate that people were spending a lot of time and resources building temples, religious items, all this stuff. Right. So we know that people were experiencing these things and 
And if you look at even like medieval monks' descriptions of encounters with the demonic, mm. you know, they bear incredible similarities to the way people describe, um, you know, extraterrestrial encounters so today. I, 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 I always consider, I think there is, I think there are demonic people, no, no, no doubt, but I think they walk among us. I don't think they just. I mean, that's for sure true. But the thing is, I mean, like, we tend to be very skeptical of this stuff because we are a modern secular society, right? And because we don't believe that there are spiritual presences around us, right? So we find it when stuff like this happens to people, and there are very, very credible accounts that things like this do happen to people. Our method of explaining it is to go to the sci-fi extraterrestrial explanation. Yes. Right? Our method of explaining it is to say oh, well, these must be beings from some other planet that this happened with, you know, and explain it how you want to explain it. But people have been experiencing this in very similar ways for a very through throughout the entirety of human history. People have been experiencing events very similar to these. And the way that people describe them, you know, up until very, very recently, up until the Enlightenment was that these were spiritual beings in a spiritual world, whether these were gods that people worshipped or whether they were, um, you know, to the Christians and the ancient Jewish people, these these would be demonic beings, right? But, I mean, and, and when he says like, oh, our government has entered into some kind of agreement with them, I mean, it, governments used to be based on this, based on a divine right to rule from gods that were inter that were interacting with the royal family and giving them the powers to continue to rule the people. And when you talk about ancient myth having heroes, you have Gilgamesh, you have, I mean, the Greek myths are full of the gods procreating with human beings. But this is something that ancient dynasties really practiced as a religious ritual. The Japanese imperial dynasty was doing the Nephilim ritual into the 2000s. I'm falling behind. <laughs> um, the Japanese Im- royal dynasty, the the um, the emperor, or I don't know what they have right now, an empress or an emperor or whatever, but um, you know they practice a ritual in which the emperor, in which the emperor mates with the sun goddess who gives them the divine right to rule they're considered children of the gods because they do religious rituals in which they sleep with gods i mean this is something this is a universal um human constant is that human beings have believed they are interacting with um some kind of higher beings than us uh i didn't know this this is all to me i haven't uh... you didn't know that people worshiped gods in the past I've been making sure I am successfully alpha enough to support my wife and throw credit cards at you, Alice, which is part of my part of my prime directive now. Mm-hmm. Obviously, should we go to Andrew Weissman? Sure. Irony that you have the former president of the United States who's started his campaign. By questioning started, the eligibility exactly. of another president right. of the United so States. The, so the whole idea, which is birtherism, mm-hmm. uh, based on a lie. And a racist the, lie. And, and a racist lie. A racist lie, but goes to it's the idea racist. that he and would Hillary be was doing it before Trump was. What? under the Constitution mm-hmm. from running. So this is not And there's no question it is that true. if you are born outside the United States, then you are not eligible to be president. There's zero constitutional issue there. 
Right. Right. This provision of the Constitution is new to lots of people because we've never been in a situation where you would have somebody running for office who engaged in insurrection or you don't have somebody running for office who engaged in insurrection. Though That's the problem here. Right. And that's why I say, like, everybody understands that if you're not born in the United States that you can't be president like school children learn that what's not clear is that if you give a speech uh, outside the Capitol and some people are in a crowd that gets out of control that you're then not eligible to be president that's a pretty subtle constitutional issue I would say so, um, but you- I said to you but I said to you today and I agree with this I think Ron DeSantis should get together with his secretary of state and like right now start saying Joe Biden's not eligible to be on the ballot in Florida because what he's doing, what he's doing at the border is an insurrection against the government of the United States because it is headlines. He should because it is. And um, yeah, I, I forget if we talked about this on the show last night or if we just talked about it on the radio today, but Bill Malugin, who does great reporting at the border and it's very handsome by the way that he, um, he actually was showing one like thing to return to court that was for 2031 that a woman know, received at the border. Amazing. They, they, well, I guess eight years from now, come back. I guess if you're John still asked about this. She said we're not going to talk about uh, individual cases. Um, uh, what's up with you? What's up with me? Um, I'm in full Christmas mode. Hmm. Um. I your nice Christmas uh, top there. I have my seems, yes. It seems coffee stained, Alice. I don't know. It seems like. coffee stained. Yes. So uh, while we were on the oh, air today, I'm going to tell you this. this. Yes, I'm happily on the air with Tom in my little Christmas shirt, and um, he borrows my coffee, which is fine. I don't mind sharing mm-hmm. my coffee. That's Use great. Now. And then I was um, dying, so I asked for it back. He hands it back to me, and little do I know, he has half lifted off the lid yeah and get handed it back to me so i take a sip and coffee goes all over me so is that deliberate sabotage or no i was drinking it because i didn't want your lipstick to get on me so i took the lid off to drink it myself and I was then on you the air. just and didn't put it all the way back no but i, I figured it would be in my custody a little bit longer i think and that's what i figured hmm. well but, it felt like an april fool's day prank um so anyway, so yes, but I'm in full Christmas mode. I'm wearing my tartan Christmas shirt. Is that what that's called? Yes. Oh. And the like. The, I like, love women in that. Oh, the, like, when I black first... and green and and blue tartan. First... Do you know what I mean? Can it's I tell called, you something? It's called Black Watch. Oh, is which that what I that's love. called? Yeah, that that like when color first, scheme of tartan. When yeah. I first got to California in Newport mm-hmm. Beach, uh, right near the end, there's a bunch of designer. Dress clothes, uh, dress shops, boutiques. This was uh, 92, so I don't know if these are the... But there was a bunch of places. And I remember there was two mannequins of girls, women, wearing tartan bikinis. I thought, man, there'd be nothing better in the world to have a girlfriend who was hot wearing that. Incredible. Um... It wouldn't have been unlike me if I had the money to like even buy one in uh, waiting for that. But <laughs> waiting I, for I, I, I a hot no, girlfriend I to come no along. I had no hot Southern California girl. Oddly enough, Alice, a pudgy kid from um, from Massachusetts, and not tanned. Not tanned. <laughs> oh no. Oh, I, there was things I was not ready for Southern California <laughs> for for uh, a social life. Anyway, oh so, oh my goodness, I remember talking. 
talking, um, being shirtless, which is horrifying for me anyway, <laughs> on the beach and talking point blank because I knew these dudes. We all hung out who I worked with to their like really hot girlfriends and stuff, and them talking to me and having I was such so panicking. I'm anxious now thinking about that. <laughs> like I can't suck anything more in. Like these side bellies, breasts, a primary role. All of this stuff is horrifying them. Unless, <laughs> unless you know what. I assume they didn't consider me human. They, they were <laughs> certainly, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's over. Uh, Guess what's up with me? Sup with, oh, but I didn't even get oh, to say okay. what's up with me. I just said okay. I was in Christmas mode and then we launched into a story about you in Southern California. And, um, but, but um, I have a book from my childhood, surprise, surprise, that I love that's um, called The Christmas Roses, Legends for Advent. And it has all kinds of great Christmas stories in it that are, you can even get an advent calendar to go with it that you can open oh, one each goodness. day. I'm not organized to do Be that. Be careful, but, <laughs> but, um, but I love that because it's like just great wholesome stories about the meaning of Christmas. A lot of them are kind of Scandinavian in nature. It's kind of a Waldorf thing. And, um, you know, legends of St. Lucia and, Mm. um, you know, kind of apocryphal tales of Mary stopping on the road to Bethlehem. But then, you know, stories about little trolls that want to be human too, like all Mm -hmm. kinds of things. Great book. Highly recommend if you have kids to read it aloud to them, or if you just want heartwarming sweet Christmas legends to get you in the Christmas spirit. Oh, that's lovely. I'm uh, involved in something more substance right now. I have found mm-hmm. a new favorite crispy song, new favorite Christmas song. This is my f- new favorite pop Christmas song. This is by Sia. It's not that new, actually. It's actually six, six years old. But it's your new favorite. My new favorite. This is called Candy Cane Lane. This song is fantastic. I actually just heard it in the lobby here yesterday. And I must have been hearing it other times too, because for some, I loved it when I heard it. I'm like, and usually it mm-hmm. takes songs a bit of time right. to do that. The song is so good. My goodness. Christmas is waiting for you. Get ready for it. Christmas is waiting for you. Get ready for it. Red and yellow and pink and green. Red and purple and Gets better even. Christmas is waiting for you. Christmas is waiting for you. Come on. This is now piling on. <laughs> so there you go. Candy Cane Lane by Sia, S-I-A. Um, I love it. I absolutely love it. I uh, think it's great. And I am thrilled by it. It's so syrupy and great. Oh my goodness. That is go. great. Um, so full Christmas mode here at the Burn Barrel. Everybody's thing was Christmas themed. My outfit is Christmas themed. Peter Rabbit's outfit was Christmas themed earlier today. And now it is not because, um, yeah, for various baby related reasons, he couldn't be in that outfit anymore. Um, and what else is I going to say? Oh, our next show is going to be Christmas Eve. Is that true? Yeah. That's Sunday? Yes. Oh my goodness. Maybe we'll have maybe guests. we'll have some guests. Maybe I think, maybe multiple. Oh, that might be a big reveal, Alice. If that's so, could be a big reveal. We'll see. What's... I think we've been slowly drip, drip, dripping on, the reveal. Anyway, Alice. Um, 
Um, we are going to head to the Chelsea Fire Wicked Hotline, which is brought to us by Chelsea Fire Wicked Hot Sauce, so that you can leave a chat chat message for the show. Tom, I think the news reporter you're referring to is Steve Cooper. That's right. Thank you, Steve. That's right. Steve from Gloucester. I appreciate that. An Steve. expert on all Steves. Steve will be on KMS tomorrow, as a matter of fact. Let's see. BBP. From Real Podcast. Tom is a snob. True. Dash Tommy in New Hampshire. To listen to Tom Shattuck, disdain of the Boston accent is just amazing. <laughs> this is a man with a criminal history. True. Going back 40 years. <laughs> mm-hmm. 40? Lost his license due to too many moving violations. That is true. <laughs> Shoplifting. More than once, yeah. Chewing screws. Yeah. Yep. Throwing nip bottles all over the streets of Wakefield. <laughs> I just can't understand why you have such disdain for Boston. Okay, so it is not some of that stuff is not true. I don't know if I had nip bottles in Wakefield. Did I? Nip bottles in Wakefield? More Newburyport. He yeah, has uh, nip bottles. Yeah. It's about the year anniversary of all that stuff. Uh it's just great. Maybe I'll do a a, a memorial crawl. Um, so it's, it's all, I couldn't, yeah, I don't, I have all, my friends all have Boston accents. I mean, pretty much. Um, but, uh, I I can't stand the man in the street or the eyewitness accounts. The garage went up first and then the other car and then we knew that. I was like, I'm sorry, there's some accents I love. It's not. It's not that like there. If it was all Alabama accents, I'd be like f- all the way for it. If they're Aussie accents, I'm for it. I do not love Boston accents. I do love them on women, like attractive women, because of <laughs> because of uh, my first um, girlfriend from Malden, who mm-hmm. had a totally thick accent. Um. Yeah, she was. Oh, great. Yeah, she was. Uh, she, she, I won't say her name. I used to. I probably said her name before, but she used to always say like, I, I would say, "What are you doing, uh, <laughs> Nancy?" I'll say, and she's. I remember one time saying, "I'm eating dogs, kid," because <laughs> she was having hot dogs, <laughs> and like uh, she said, one time she had a stomach bug, and she's like, "I'm having a bout." <laughs> like a stomach pot with those t- in, in there's t- something like quaintly old-fashioned about that too. and i told i told i said nancy you know you're beautiful if you spoke beautiful be nice that must have come up so dickish <laughs> to her i can't imagine i deserve- no, she used so, to yes, punch in me conclusion do- tom is a snob well but hold on but i remember her saying um uh oh yeah her she used to say oh, oh my god i gotta pee i gotta pee i hate that word and i said nancy can you just say it more classy she said, what would you like me to say, Tom? And, but she's like bawling her fist. I said, can you say I'm going to powder my nose? And then she said, this is Nancy's best move ever. She said, uh, Tom, I'm going to um, powder my nose like a racehorse, <laughs> which was fantastic. God, I miss her. Nancy, if you're out there, hit me up, yo. Right? Okay. Honey. Other Tommy in New Hampshire. Hey, it's Tom Alice. I was listening to the chat chat hey. the other Hi. day. And I was thinking, wow, this reminds me of watching the grass grow. It's the same thing every what? damn day. That is not true. Thanks. Other Tommy in New Hampshire. See, that Tommy's destruction, throwing a grenade into it right there, made mm-hmm. it a different one. You see? It's not yeah. always diff- the same. Sometimes- Be the change you want to see in the world. That's Ooh, what I say. Alice. Hey, guys. Just want to wish you a Merry Christmas. Thanks, Merry in Christmas Italian, We say Bon Natale. Thank you for... Uh, putting on such a wonderful show. Thank you. 
totally enjoy it. It's Thank really uh, very topical and funny. So I hope you guys Great have guy. a wonderful Christmas. You guys, the kids, your families. And I hope you hear from me next week. Yes. Because I'm going into Kirk's studio on Friday. And I'm hopeful that I don't get whacked like Tommy and Goodfellas. All right, guys. Take care. Yeah, well, we'll talk to you Sunday, Steve. We'll be back Sunday. Peace to the seven fishes. SFM Patsy Kenzie. Mm-hmm. Here we go. I guarantee you he will be right with me on this. Right with me on this. Hi. You see? Steve from Merrimack. Hey, Hi, Steve. Tom, I really enjoyed your reminiscence about the infamous Howie Carr, Patsy Kensett interview from 1998. Yeah. <laughs> it was one of the highlights of my 33 years of listening to Howie. And He remembers. Uh, trivia question for you. Do you know what uh, movie she was promoting uh, to Howie uh, for that appearance? Patsy it- Kensett. Night, would that have been like Mulholland Drive or something? No, no, that would have been too. Uh, maybe... Um, Wild girl, wild ones. The one with Matt Dillon and Nev Campbell, maybe. Um, it was the Last Don Two. Oh, wow. which was a TV movie scripted by Mario Puzo, I think. It was wow, a TV movie sequel related to The Godfather. Oh, it was terrible. It was trash. I'm sure. Um, but it, it's funny because a, a few years ago, Howie, uh, I think it was VB. And uh, somebody else, maybe it was Steve. Yeah, it was. I think it was Steve and VB were hosting the Howie Carr Show. Yeah. And Howie was on vacation or something. And for the final hour, they did call in with your favorite reminiscences. You know, <laughs> what are your favorite memories of the Howie Carr Show? And that's what I called in. Oh, with. that's great. And uh, yeah, God, it was great. And I think her, the last word she said before she hung up the receiver was, uh, this is a terrible interview and I'm, uh, I'm hanging up. You're very daft. And oh. click, you know. And of course, that gave Howie another... 40 minutes of material. Of course. But, uh, here's a second <laughs> trivia question, oh. Patsy Kenzer related. Oh. Um, what was the name of her second husband? She's been married and divorced four times. Mm. And uh, I don't think any marriage lasted more than like two years. But who was her second husband? Rob uh, Zombie. Famous musician Rob Zombie. from the 80s. The 80s being his peak, I B- think. Billy Idol? And uh, late 70s. Billy Idol. Rod Stewart. It would be Jim, Jim Kerr, Kerr of Simply Means. Jim Kerr. Oh, I don't anyway, even know that. She's married to Dan Donovan, Jim Carr, Liam Gallagher, and Jeremy Healy. Oh my goodness, the worst was uh, the worst was um, was Gallagher. Obviously, that's uh, what are you what are you doing? My goodness, should have been me. Man, she was good looking. She was a handsome, handsome woman. Ah, Albie. Um, thank you so much for the chat chat messages. I don't think it's always the same, but you know. Other Tommy in New Hampshire, other not Tom, having it. Other Tommy in New Hampshire doesn't like it. So, you know, but like I say, be the change. It was great having you call in, other Tommy. So mm-hmm. we got both Tommies in New Hampshire today. Yeah. Um. Anyway, Did I we? love. Wasn't that Danny and Bilrica? You got the first Tommy in New Hampshire about the Boston accents. Oh, I th- I, I'm sorry. I put that forward. I th- saw the word Boston accents, and I thought somebody from Bilrica would definitely <laughs> pick up on that. <laughs> Um, anyway, thank you guys so much. We will talk to you on Christmas Eve. Eve. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer after for years to come try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee plus get 15% off your first order at bolandbranch.com code buttery exclusions apply see site for details even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.